0: Oh, look at that. I knew something about a punk band. Just some old fat drunk dudes jumping up and (laughs) down.
1: This tree just planted itself right on top of the cement.
2: I did watch a YouTube video today. My dad mashed potatoed of Chris Grava. Aaron doesn't know who Chris (laughs) Grava is. It's so good. That's great.
1: Welcome back to the Puncture, everybody. Hi, Aaron. <laughs> Aaron what's hey, up, Mike. Aaron?
0: Jesse, how are you? <laughs> I'm fine, man. I'm doing fine. Awesome. We're Je- here. Jesse's utterly calm. He's <laughs> got a drink. We're outside in my yard. We've got some music playing from a few neighbors down the way. Mm-hmm. It's nice. It's really nice out. You're yeah. drinking a pina colada. I am literally drinking a <laughs> pina
3: colada. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> appropriate for the <laughs> tropical weather we're having here in San Diego. At night. At night. <laughs> At night, yep. Uh-huh. Uh, well,
2: we, we have a pretty cool show um, for everybody today, and it, it's a little bit different. Is it a long one? It's, uh, it's not too long, but no. it is, um, it was pretty fun. It was a fun conversation, and near and dear to all of us, because uh, we're all teachers, educators, mm-hmm. um, and it is back-to-school time. Uh, Pretty much everybody's back to school, unless Unless they already were sent home for for being COVID-y. I thought you were going to
0: say, unless your parents are neglecting you. Uh. (laughs) Are you talking about homeschoolers? Yes.
2: Oh, Oh, man. Dang. (laughs) Sorry to our homeschool friends. Uh, But yeah, we have a great conversation (laughs) coming up in a second with um, our friends, Brian and Andrew. Uh, also educators, founders of Blue Dot Education, yep. near and dear to me, mm-hmm. um, and all of us. Uh, and well, It's just like a cool conversation, uh, and, and we're going to get to it in a second. Right. But before we do that, we are here in this beautiful backyard at Jesse's house.
0: Yeah, I'm happy to be back here.
2: Um, yeah, back in Burbank. Yeah. Um, and, and one thing we do, as we do... Let's talk about the music we've been listening to. So maybe we'll at least have that conversation before we kick it over to our our bigger talk with our friends. Not a bad idea. Great, great. So if you don't think it's a bad idea, Aaron, yeah. why don't we start with you? All right.
1: Uh, lately I've been listening to a lot of guess what? Death by Stereo. Oh, you got to say that more not enthusiastically. Not Death by Stereo. It's no, not that. Death. was
0: I I had the tone in my voice of how excited I was about you talking about Death by Stereo. That was not accidental. Strung out. All right. right. Okay. Um, right. okay. I don't know what,
1: let's see, I listened to Car Crash Radio by Out, which is off of their Agents of the Underground album, which came out sometime in the mid-2000s, mm-hmm. and uh, for whatever reason, never really caught on to it, but something in the song caught my ear, and so I started playing it a lot, and I've listened to it, um maybe a million times in the last two weeks or a billion just something between one million and 110 billion. okay um yeah I've gotten reacquainted with the album it's grown on me a lot more and I'm sad I haven't been listening to it
0: all this time or maybe this was just the right time yeah For that album in my life, I don't know. I I can relate to that feeling of being like, man, how, how did I forget to listen to this? But really, I think if you would have just been listening to it all along without giving yourself that gap, you would not appreciate coming back to it as much. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. What about you, Jesse? Um, related to a concert that we've got some tickets for coming up here, um, OC Fest, we're gonna be going to that to see our friend Slick Shoes. Yes! And I'm also really excited that, uh, a band I've liked for a long time, although they haven't made music for a while, uh, Too Bad Eugene. You got me tickets to this, right? Yeah. Yes. (laughs) Okay. Are you going, Aaron? (laughs) He
2: has
1: not said yes yet. I haven't decided if I'm gonna be able to. Oh. I'm a, a soft maybe. You're just... No, I'm a hard, maybe. You're, yeah, there you go.
2: I'm a hard, there maybe. There you go. Keep it firm, buddy.
0: Blue, <laughs> is, blue pill punk rock.
1: We keep it firm at the punk tree.
0: <laughs> but anyway, uh, oh, shit. something I've been listening to, Too Bad Eugene over the last few months have put out a couple of singles. I don't know if they're teasing a full album or something. I should look into it. But after not putting out any music for over 10 years, uh, they're back together and they put out a couple singles. One of them is called Back to Life and one of them is called Non Grata. Um, I think I like Non Grata a little better, but anyways, if I had to say what it reminded me of, it would sort of be their second full length album. I think that they put out on Tooth and Nail. Their first full length they put out was called Any Rate and that was on um, Rock City Recordings, which was uh, Mike Herrera's label. In fact, I think they were pretty much the first band that he like recorded and put out from his label. Really? And my f- my um, favorite little claim to fame from my, my little <laughs> punk band
2: I was in in high school is we actually got word back from Rock City Records when what? we sent them our demo that they wanted to, like, talk to us and maybe put us on a comp. We got, I think I still probably have it somewhere. It's a letter, the letter from yeah.
0: Michelle Herrera. Oh, yeah. Yeah, amazing. But anyways, they put out the singles, uh, and, and I like them pretty well. They're a little more reminiscent of their second full-length record, which was called Moonlighting. Um, which I liked. But anyways, uh, a couple of singles, they sound good. I'm excited that they're back.
3: Well you can leave if you want. It's no offense on a front. I understand if you don't know what to say. But
0: would you stay? Mike, have you uh I'm not, I'm not even going to ask, have you? I know you've been listening to music because you don't stop. I don't stop. Um, can't
2: stop, won't stop. That's er, a er. Ch- Chingy. Chingy and the Gunners. <laughs> um, so I have I have been listening to one record a lot, a lot, a lot. Aaron was actually at my house the other night, and I played a little bit of it for uh-huh. him so that he could appreciate my love for it. Um, Spinning some vinyl. Uh, but it's because I got called out. So one of my best friends from high school, Cesar Alvarez, hi Cesar, I know you listen. Um, We've been reconnecting and played a little music once, I mentioned on the podcast, and a lot of the music that I listened to when I was in high school, uh, we listened to together. And we had our last episode about 1999, and um, I forgot to mention, I don't know how, but I legitimately forgot to mention one of my favorite records of all time, which is just stupid. Um, one of my favorite bands in high school was the band Longfellow out of Orange County. Uh, I feel even worse, because I know some of, of y'all actually listened to our show and oh, that's we've why connected
0: you got, with. That's how you got the feedback. How did you not talk about Longfellow, you dummy?
2: Yeah, um, and so the Longfellow album and so on uh, came out in 1998, actually. But in the year 1999, it was one of the albums I absolutely did listen to the most. Um, and it is just, I think it's just the epitome of the greatest stuff that Kung Fu Records ever put out. Um, and so that's been kind of spinning off and on. I've listened to some other vinyl too. I've been doing some like swap meat diving and stuff. Um, but that record has just been sitting next to my turntable, like being put on and off for a couple of weeks probably. Wait, so why would you take it off of the turntable? I was Um, done with that. Thanks, Jesse. Jesse was throwing his drink can across the yard and slammed it into a fence. That's what that was. Pina colada, done. Yeah. Um, So, anyway, that's what I've been listening to.
0: these beverages. I know, obviously, uh, our conversation that we're going to get into in a little bit was was at the pub, but we've got some drinks now. I, I just finished my Cutwater Pina Colada. Yes. It tasted <laughs> very sweet.
2: Awesome. I, I have a beer. I bet a lot, like, none of our listeners, I bet, have listened to it oh, uh, or had this before. I don't know. Give me a little credit. Um, it's called La Nueva. It's a hazy or a New England IPA from Icono Brewing, which is in Mexicali or Mexicali. Uh, which is the uh, capital of Baja, California. And it's right on the Mexican side of the border from where I grew up in the Imperial Valley. And my friend Lucio um, from Clexco out there, I feel like every time I run into him, he he buys me this beer. <laughs> and it's tasty and
1: good. Nice. I've got uh, Travel Perks. It's an India Pale Ale from Pizza Port Brewing. Um... And I think it is a seasonal. It's definitely not one of their regular rotational beers, but it's a West Coast IPA, which I bought it because there's not enough West Coast IPAs around anymore. Pizza Port always makes a good IPA. Yeah. And uh, it's got an awesome... Orange can Actually I think my daughter picked it out Because I was looking at beer and she saw the bright color And picked it out for me Is that
2: how things are now, your daughter?
1: Yeah, is she also got shops? me um, your or She picked out my diapers They're PJ mask And a uh, beer called Bunny and the Chainsaw <laughs> Or Bunny with the Chainsaw Yeah, it a bright pink can With a rabbit holding a chainsaw
2: Awesome.
1: And that caught my five year old daughter's eye Awesome well,
0: um, we're excited to show this conversation with you. We'll go ahead and turn it over. I sort of wonder if there's any, like, cautions we should put out there before this conversation, because we're at a pub, and, like, there's other people around, other oh. table, like, giving us looks, like, what are those guys doing yeah, over so there with those
2: microphones? More than ever before the The interview slash conversation, really, that you're going to hear, we are at a pub. right? at one of our favorite places, O'Brien's Pub in San Diego. It's kind of noisy in the background. You're going to hear... Glasses clanging and people rumbling in the background. Um, I think you can hear the conversation pretty well, and and we really want to thank Brian and Andrew for for spending time with us. We 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 kind of um, we kind of pop quiz them with the podcast a little bit. Yeah. It was a little bit of a surprise, uh, but they really do share some amazing insights about why why it is that we all engage in this kind of work, and really it does speak to some of the spirit of. Uh, our punk rock roots and the things that we care about the passions that we kind of carry around pretty well and I just want to shout out Aaron because He has some real profound shit that he says <laughs> In this in this conversation and so our listeners who are still hanging on as we get into this I challenge you go listen to the, the profound Aaron wolf shit. There you it's go. coming up. All right. Enjoy everybody.
0: like uh going to a completely new place right at the beginning of high school a, a pretty challenging transition in and of itself
4: terrifying i was uh i was uh, i remember going to the top of horton plaza which doesn't exist anymore but it is in downtown oh, san diego that's gone i don't think it is there anymore oh it's there it's just like a bunch of offices. it's becoming something else yeah but it was a mall. And there was no mall in the town I grew up in of 5,000 people. But I remember we made our way to the very top of it. And we're looking out across San Diego. And my older brother, who I idolized, um, because he introduced me to music like Def Leppard yeah. and, <laughs> and some, some punk rock. And Molly Crew, which is not punk rock. But that was edgy music in Wyoming. Yeah, you were like a girl. They dressed like girls. He was he was going into his senior year of high school. That's edgy music in Wyoming in nineteen eighty (laughs) eight eighty-nine.
3: The music
1: was
4: a helpful part of the transition? No, not at all.
5: You're <laughs> <Not, laughs> it, made it not all.
4: more difficult somewhere. Definitely. But I remember him looking at me and saying, damn, we're hicks. You're the world's brownest hick. That, I, I didn't want
0: to
3: say it as a not-brown
4: person. Yeah, I lived on the... Literally, there were tracks in the town, and probably... 90... I don't have data, but like... Everybody that I saw, except for maybe one or two families on the south side of the tracks in that tiny town, was uh, was Mexican, and they worked in fields, and they helped run the, make the sugar plant in the town go, and uh, and everybody on the other side of the tracks was just, I didn't know what happened over there. Didn't really spend a whole lot. Of, I tried to get invited to parties in the eighth grade. I got into a few, but I had to really work at it. Did you look old <laughs> enough? I, I think I looked old enough. I just didn't look right to be in the parties on the north side of the tracks. How, how old were you when you got your mustache? <laughs> That's a funny question, dude. Because my kid, my kid is 14, and he started getting his at 12, and he was freaking out. He was freaking out about it because he didn't know what to do. But, yeah, you, you do get the little, like, fuzzball going on. 13, 14, probably.
2: You do? You, you get it? <laughs> There's like a, just a, the proverbial you
4: I get it
3: I get it, <laughs> I <got> <laughs>
2: I get it Well, Brian, welcome to the punk tree
1: You didn't, you
0: didn't know you were going to be on <laughs> I had no idea Surprise! We just stuck a microphone in his face and he was like, what are you doing? And we said, oh, you're the guest He you
1: just like, coming here for a burger and a beer and here he is about yeah, to, and he
4: ended creative. up with a shrimp sandwich and a beer. I didn't even know Aaron was part of the punk tree because I've, I've only hung out with him outside of like, kind of outside of this. I've been like, no, I don't know him as well. Now I feel terrible. Most people don't. I'm I'm, I'm on my third adult
2: beverage. <laughs> uh, so this Brian that we're hanging out with, it's Brian Delgado. Hello. Yeah, from Torrington, Wyoming, Madison High, Madison High School via. Or, yeah. 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 Torrington via
4: Madison High School in yeah, San Diego. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 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 I was a Warhawk back in the day. Ooh. Mr. Ooh. Mr. Warhawk. Dang it, dude! Uh, we're was, not even getting it. So your high school mascot I mean, was Warhawks?
2: Yes. It was oh. A
4: hawk full of war,
0: warrior intention, I guess. All right. What was your high school mascot, Aaron? Uh, we were the Crusaders. Oh. Yeah. I think you win the terrible. Wait. War. Did you say
2: Jesus? <laughs> Yeah, I did say yeah. that. But that was we your mascot, the right? We were Crusaders
1: because Jesus was on our side, and we were slaughtering all of the non-Crusaders, In, the infidels. I don't think I'm allowed to say that, but yeah. All right, Mike, your high school mascot. I was I was a Viking. Oh, that's another
3: crew. That uh, maybe
2: we Jesse can. Jesse might win this though.
0: Farmers. Yes! You were literally the Farmers? The
3: Farmers. farmers. <laughs> yeah. Dang it. <laughs> it's like a good mascot. Yep. Hayward
0: yeah. High School in Hayward, California. Uh, the Farmers. You guys lost every game ever, right? <laughs> Surprisingly, no. No, we were a pretty uh, established uh, sports school, big school. Did well in athletics. Remember, Remember Eddie
1: farm boy strength?
2: Well, and that Eddie House playing basketball. Remember Eddie House?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. I that Played with the Celtics? He was a farmer. Oh. Also, Wait, like he played basketball at your school or he like worked on his family's farm?
0: No, he, he played basketball for the high school and then he went to the NBA. He may have also been a farmer. We don't know. We gotta gotta look you, at you do down. you know, Jesse? <laughs> what Do I know what? Did Eddie House farm? I don't know. I never asked him. I do assume he did not. So... Other famous... That's racist. uh, Other famous people from my high school. You have a lot. Yeah, there's a few. Um, Andre Ward was like a a top boxer in the boxing rankings. I think. The coach of the 49ers? Bill Walsh. Bill Walsh. Bill Walsh is a farmer? He was a farmer. Um, Also, there was a a coach for the Seattle Mariners. Um, I'm forgetting his name right now. Um... Oh, to... that guy. Yeah, yeah to
3: that
5: remember. guy. And I'm ready to start a fight.
4: Graduated alongside a person, and I'm gonna get his name wrong, I think, but I think it was Riley Cooper. But I can look it up again. But he's a uh, he played in the PGA for a few seasons. He was never like super high in the rankings, but he was in there, in the mix. I think I would love to. Look, his first name was definitely Riley. Were the you looking. the same age? He was graduated alongside me. Wait, yeah, wait, you were the same year. Yeah, we graduated the same and year. And you played in the PGA. He was the PGA. <laughs> Were you the Male Athlete of the Year? No, dude, that's not even... It's, it's a yes or no question. Yeah, it, I was, and that's these
2: things are totally arbitrary. Right. Yeah. I'm just saying, so golf's not a real sport?
4: Ball golf, I think, is a sport, because disc golf is a sport. Other golf, foot golf's are a sport. All yeah. the golfs are sports. If we were going to invent one new
2: golf, what would it be?
0: Underwater golf. Oh,
2: oh, shit. That's good. Oh.
0: All right, quick question. Does it exist already, though?
1: swim golf dive golf that might be inch swimming golf wait like you have to dive and try to put your balls, balls
4: into a goal of some sort it could, while it, you dive it could be a or it puck. could be surface level getting the ball into that's a little bit like that you weird know, sport where they pull each other's you know speedos underwater what Wait, is that what called?
0: Is, what are they throwing the ball around? Water polo. Yeah, that. So, so water polo is different because you're a team and you're scoring against someone defending a net. Oh, whereas, man. Whereas golf, you're on your own and you're you're
4: trying to get. I know.
2: He just went for that the latent homosexuality thing. Like,
4: no, I didn't. Kind of, I didn't. I, mean, I, didn't. <laughs> I, I I'm thinking about ways <laughs> that players take advantage of each uh, other in
0: sport. Yes. Why is it gotcha. so Why is it so noisy around here? It's Okay, so we are not
2: uh, at home. We're not in the
0: studio. This is like three episodes in a row, though.
2: Yeah, we are, we are at uh, one of our favorite places, O'Brien's Pub,
0: here. Yep. We've been coming here for 10, 12 years, uh, regularly. Um, and we're drinking good beer. It, it's, it's nickname or the slogan
4: is the hoppiest place on earth. What's this beer I'm drinking, Brian? It's a triple hazy IPA. I do not know the name of it. I bet it's on that board behind you. Uh,
1: is it the refraction and action? Yes,
4: refraction, refraction.
1: Refraction and action. Yeah, by,
2: by Moxa, is that how you pronounce that? Moxa. That's how I would pronounce it. Refraction and action. It's a triple hazy IPA that's
0: 10%. And you said it was That's a of, lot of percent. You described
2: it as some overwhelming? It's, over, it's a little overwhelming. In I,
1: what manner? What about it
2: overwhelming? It, it tastes like incredibly creamy and incredibly juicy and incredibly hoppy. Like like so much so that you're just like, I'm like tired drinking it. It's like it's like,
4: <laughs> it's over hazy, over everything for a hazy IP. Yeah. What do you what do you have, Uh
1: So I just finished a Maglihani Irish Stout, um, and I liked it. and we're looking at the border right now. It's only five and a half percent, which most stouts in America now are. I mean, it's hard to find one under eight percent. Yeah. But That's this it. is like. This one is really good, it's like not dry, not sweet, it has... Uh, like the appropriate amount of flavor and I, what I would like in a stout when it's 75 degrees out.
2: It is warm. That's Paul McElhaney, right? Who
0: was uh, the brewer at Alpine initially? I think, I think, yeah, that sounds right. I think I've got a, I've got a McElhaney as well. What do you but have? Mine is uh McElhaney. It's called a Wizard Wand. It's just a, an IPA that's, it's pretty floral, a little uh, fruity, but not overwhelming like the hazy that you've got there. Yeah. And I didn't really choose it the server uh, the server just came up and I was like I can't choose and he's like what do you like and I was like an IPA that's nice and fresh and so he he recommended this
4: Brian what do you got? I got I went classic right now Um, I got I have a Russian River Pliny the Elder which is a a double IPA from way back everybody knows this one but it is flowery and bitter and dank and beautiful it's so if you've never had it, try the Russian River right. Plane the Olympics. To the
0: East Coast listeners, this is, like, our version of Hetty Topper. And speaking of East Coast, we have
2: one more guest that just popped in.
0: Oh, uh, and e.
2: Andrew Lorario in the house. Hey, everybody. Uh-huh. Give,
0: us, give us some East Coast accent. We know
6: you've got it. It's all just movie accents. It's not real. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> all right. What, what do you guys want to hear? Like, everybody in the movies likes to see Italian culture, American culture with, like, the they the asking questions like, oh, "What do you want me to say? Do what, what, you want me to act like a clown on the radio? What's going on?" <laughs> yes.
4: <laughs> Andrew, what is your what's a music influence of yours from youth? Uh, like, yeah. You're
1: you're from Joyzzy, right? Yeah. So it's got to be Bigwig, right?
6: Of course. That, um, music influence. Hmm. <sighs> this is a tough one. I have to think. Like you know. You love fish. Yeah, yeah, we grew In up. with bon Jovi? No, I was, you know, I know, sorry, Jersey fellow Jerseyans, I was never a huge fan of Bon Jovi. I, I mean. also know It's that all
2: right, we only had one listener from New Jersey for half an episode yeah, one it's time. it's like sacrilegious so. to say, if I
6: was in a bar, they'd be like, oh, you know, like, people lose their minds. Arnold Schwarzenegger I, would get mad. Why don't you at least tell us
0: about some of your experience with, bon with like, local music scenes? I know you've told some stories about how you were never in the band, but you had friends that were, and you would always be there.
6: Yeah. Yeah, so.
0: What kind of music were your friends' bands?
6: Um, they listened to a lot of like like jam bands, you know. Definitely Fish. Um, oh God, back then. Our know, friends,
2: Bruzan, uh, Al- Al- Alex Bruzan from my, my West Dallas. My friend loved bass. Just and went to, to Fish to last Wooten night. All the time.
6: Victor Wooten. There you, you know, go. Yeah, he loved them. Uh, um, like Bella Fleck and uh, you know Les Claypool. Um know' were some other people that we used to just play all the time just to hear? There, there was there was a moment where they were trying to learn like punk rock and a little bit of reggae. And so there was like a time where we were listening to the police a lot.
1: Wait. So, did you say that your friends were trying to learn punk and reggae? So they were listening to The
6: Police? Yeah. Yeah. Like they liked um, they like the way that Stuart Copeland played the drums. Like the drummer that used to play in like a lot of the garage bands or when we used to get together in like house parties. They um, yeah. I mean Stuart Copeland was one of the guys that he used to like to try to model after. You know he liked and a lot of those beats in some of the songs like in Walking on the Moon. You know I had like. That reggae beat to it, you know? Okay, that's fair enough.
2: All right, I, I want to get down to the shit so we can, we can have the conversation that we were hoping to have. Yeah. So, so um, this won't come out for, for a few weeks, all right? But we are thinking that this is as far and as close to our version of a back-to-school special as, as the punk tree will do. And one thing that we have talked about a lot, about punk rock music on our podcast, and this is like the impetus for our whole sh- show during the pandemic, was are, are we who we are? Like, did we listen to punk rock music when we were kids because of who we were? Or are we who we are because we listen to that kind of music and we're a part of that kind of culture as kids? And so that has revealed itself. That's revealed itself in some interesting ways, right? and in some interesting places. So we've talked about like, what happened at the Capitol. We had the episode with Kwaku, Brian, that I know you listened to. We've talked about other current events. And often, because the three of us are teachers, we have come back to education and like the role of, of education and public education in this whole thing, right? And and so something that we've been talking about quite a bit in our professional lives, because we have five people who have been. (laughs) We have five people who who either are or have been teachers sitting here. One thing we've been talking about a lot is the difference between schooling kids and educating kids. And so I thought it'd be cool if we just had a, a little bit of a blast conversation. Nothing too long thinking about that like we're going back to school there's public education kids are going to school i know aaron's back he's on the second day teaching was today yeah schools are reopening in whatever ways they're reopening but thinking of that difference between schooling and educating kids
6: andrew what do you think I like to start by just trying to like define things and for me like educating happens all the time. I think that that you're always there's always a moment where you can be educated by something, you know, and that's just developing your learning and understanding. And I think school is all the like formal structure we've tried to build around that, which has just been there forever. And it's built on a lot of assumptions and a lot of things that just have always existed, you know, that have perpetuated. So I'm not saying they're bad or good, I'm just saying those things exist. and I think, I think, So I think education is just something that happens, it's a part of learning, and um, school is just kind of like this formal structure we built to facilitate it.
4: Yeah, I think punk rock is the spirit, I, I, and I'm not like the punk rock expert at all, at all, but the spirit of it, you know, I've been in mosh pits, and the spirit of it is, fuck all the systems, fuck all the, like, things that, like, society is trying to tell us to do. Like let me be me, and the difference between schooling and education is exactly that. It is schooling tries to tell you, here's who you here's who you should be, become that, accept your station, good luck. Like here's your cast. be it, and uh, and the and the learning and education, like what Andrew's saying is the, you know about the learning. The learning happens no matter what, and so I think the spirit of punk rock is like. The, is like learning that systems kind of s- are shit sometimes, and we all need to like give them the finger and say, "No, I'm not gonna do what you want. I'm gonna do my own thing." The danger in that is you is you're just. Like the the complicated part is you're just rebelling because you're rebelling and not because you're like thoughtfully engaging and that is the education piece that needs to come in of like pushing questions to people, young people in particular um, so that they don't just rebel to rebel and they're not schooled in a different way so that they're thoughtful about it and can like become something bigger
1: yeah I think uh, that's very interesting what you talk about I think about The punk DIY spirit, I think a metaphor that we might uh, look at that, correct me if I'm wrong, but you look at, like, unguided uh, teenagers or youth that are trying to rebel against the system, trying to build something. It's kind of like throwing a bunch of rocks in a pile trying to produce a building, but you don't have, like, any sort of guidance at all. But you're just doing it because the system doesn't do it that way, right? Whereas an education like you might have experienced people that can show you, you, know you put the rocks in, not necessarily this order, but like maybe give you some kind of
3: guidance
4: and like help you along. Yeah. that's what that's the role of adults is to listen to the idea and if the idea is stacking rocks and and you can help them refine the idea to like something that is that that will create something more beautiful cooler more functional and and but basically you're as as the adult you're like what what's what's the you got to like listen for the idea and then you got to lift it up and share it with others and get people behind it everybody wants their idea value
6: and the thing about schools is you get a really, very explicitly designed and crafted society out of it, and and it's you know that's what you get. You get people that fall into that place that you mentioned, and there's parts of it that you know would do better from having more ideas and more people part of that. You know.
2: And I, I, I want to name Aaron. Pausing, you're you're the newest teacher here, right? But I think the fact that you paused when you were telling that description of the rocks, and and one of the things about a podcast, people can't see our faces <laughs> and they can't see the dynamic of the group, and this is the largest group we've had, like yeah, it on is. right, um,
4: passing mics back and forth. Yeah,
2: yeah, stuff. it's great. Like, and that's it should be messy. I, I, like polish is, polish is meant to like make something look different and better, quote unquote, than it is. Uh, Brian was like holding himself a little bit there while Aaron was talking and it was like two tiers of teaching, right? Like you were wanting to like be a little bit of a guide there for Aaron while Aaron was trying to talk about his philosophy of education for a moment. And you gave him the space in a very similar way to how Aaron just paused when he almost said show them how to stack the rocks, <laughs> but he checked himself and realized that he waited and that's not really what he wanted to say. And then I watched this little bubble of respect from Brian noticing Aaron do it. And it was kind of profound because you were like, he's going to say, and they need to show him how to stack the rocks.
4: Maybe I'm wrong, Brent. No, no, I, I think I think what he was saying was getting me excited about the fact that. That it is valuing the idea that they bring but but and then when he was pausing i realized he had more to say and so i and so i didn't want to cut it. i didn't want to cut him off i i, I didn't know exactly what he was going to say but i didn't want to cut him off so.
1: and, and i appreciate that maybe my metaphor wasn't that great cuz we're talking about it now so it clearly it didn't land that great but the point was youth teenagers whatever you want to call it, young adults have things that they want to bring into this world and they have a vision but they maybe sometimes don't know how exactly to carry it out, and they need a little bit of guidance. doesn't mean, like, you tell them exactly what you're going to build, right? That would be the system. This is what you do in our world. But this is what you want to do. Let me help you do it.
2: And I think there's a piece of it that is... There's, there's some shit out there. And so as I'm doing that thing with you, I'm also being your, like, fullback, being your whatever I can be for you, whatever you need for me to be for you, to help you learn that there's going to come kind of like a reckoning and a reconciliation of you and this world. And it could be very painful, it could be very beautiful, but you're also, like, helping them as that thing is coming.
4: And, and I would just say that the system piece is way more insidious. If it wasn't, punk rock wouldn't be what it is. It would be softer. It would be mellower. It would not fucking scream at you and activate you. The, the, that's, there, is, there is emotion and there's pain and there is drama in that because the system is like, it's way more matrix than it is caregiver. Ooh. especially at the, at the school uh, in schools part of that like let's reproduce what exists let's reproduce what exists and, and, and we need to like break that and the young people are not jaded they know they know they see what's going on and, and, and it's up to us to do something about it as educators yeah
2: there's a really good uh, someone that's sort of like a mentor thinker for us is Jeff Duncan Andrade and we'll throw a link to like one of his talks in the episode description if anybody wants to like go check it out Um, but that social reproduction like school as as a vessel and vehicle for social reproduction has is driving us from the profession like it's driving teacher artists out of the profession and that's horrifically dangerous because what you will get is schools that are filled with a bunch of assholes Who just want it like they want school to be a socially reproductive system that keeps the status quo maintains the status quo and and even maybe like like accents or accentuates the status
3: quo
4: yes and I'm not gonna steal the thunder of a future episode but I did ask Aaron prior to starting this about a band called death because my girlfriend's son Silas told me like check out because he's into punk rock and he has a he had a punk rock band that broke up and he's like reformed but it was called exhaust and it was it it was amazing i loved going to his shows Um, but this band death i was just getting from Aaron a bit about the history but that's like one aspect of like the fact that i had no idea there were Black punk rock artists. Yes. Like, at the very early stages. Yeah,
6: not only early, but... Before everybody.
4: Before anyone knew what punk was.
1: Or, well, I guess before there was a punk. Because you don't need to know what punk is to have a punk. fit like you're not going to sell records with that name death and that's probably true in the early 1970s
4: but should they have been stopped i don't know i would argue no and and my point is the social reproduction thing is that anybody who invents things they can't look a certain way they can't be a certain color they can't that has been the history of, like, our country. And I'm sorry people are on this that are pissed at me for saying things like that. But, like, I'm just I'm just saying it. Like, history is history. And we need to, like, recognize it. Yeah. I think if someone's listening to this, I could stop right there.
2: Like, if a person, if a singular person out there is listening to this. <laughs> but if there's somebody out there who's listening to this. And they haven't caught on to our ideological sway. <laughs> they they can they can go you know whatever.
3: <laughs> they can go. <laughs> they can go, go listen to
2: whatever. Def Leppard,
4: <laughs> some shit I don't know. Bon
2: Jovi. They can go listen to Bon Jovi.
4: There was some social reproduction going on, dude. When I heard Two Live Crew as a child, yeah. it blew my mind and my parents were terrified. They were <laughs> Do you think do you think Two Live Crew is punk? No, no
0: I duh. Oh I think I answered fast. I answered, fast. I answered fast. fast.
1: <laughs> no
2: equating, judgment here. No judgment here. Uh, I answered Sound fast. of
4: the guitars with what is punk. I, I think this, they I think they were the I think them public enemy, they were the spirit of punk. They're also yeah. hip hop, but they're fully the spirit of punk. You know who's sure. super
2: punk rock? Willie Nelson, super punk rock. I'm just saying, like who's punk rock is fish punk rock? Uh,
4: those Vermont were mom. Were the silver juice punk rock? Silver juice. They had they had they had some moments. I think that's
2: Mascus Punk Rock? Dinosaur Jr.? Dude, Dinosaur Junior. Yeah. J Mascus, oh, yeah,
4: yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. I'm just saying, like we're thinking of like the genre, like stylistically, sonically. But, but that, that son- but that doesn't matter. Like that doesn't matter. Like Neil Young was punk rock.
0: Yes. Mm-hmm. Rage Against the Machine is the most punk band maybe ever. Maybe. But tried, they didn't. But they called didn't. Quest. Uh, sh- sure. But they, I mean, they don't. They don't have what you think of sonically when you think of like traditional punk rock. It's no. not like fast bar chords and get d- 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 on the drums. It doesn't sound like that.
2: But we've also come to a place here where like hip-hop and punk rock are like like almost the same thing. So kindy. Yeah. Like it's almost the same thing. Yeah. I see that. I see that. Okay, so what's that? You know, like Andrew's talking about how he likes InSync. Andrew I, I likes InSync.
4: No,
6: no. 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 So Was it Justin there. Timberlake
0: your favorite one?
6: I mean, you know, growing up outside of Philly we, we used to listen to the Roots you know, quite a bit too. And oh they yeah. Had, they had uh, the, um, their song uh, The Seed or oh, I'm Messing It Up. But I remember it, it reminded me of like blending of musics, you know, like uh, trying to remember the lyrics it's been a long time but I remember we used to try to listen to the lyrics and think like what are people saying and uh, you know he was naming like that girl's rock and roll but you know she's got like the heart of like hip hop and like there was like the music it seems to me like that song was about blending of music styles yeah, yeah. but we all had the same spirit you know yeah
2: I've been listening to a lot of blues lately like I've been just playing it in my office all the time and it's been really interesting just listening to like Like I started with like a Muddy Waters kick and I kind of just let the playlist like go wherever it went. Like, you know, let the algorithm do its thing on like Amazon Music or something. And I got into like a whole bunch of blues musicians I've never heard of, songs I've never heard of. But the lyrics, which are the thing I care about most, like that's where it's from. Like it comes from that. And so it's, it's fascinating because people have popped into my office and they're like, oh, you are listening to country music? And I'm like,
4: no. Well, kind of. Like... How, how far does this extend? Because now you got me thinking that nothing could be more punk than Elizabeth Cotton. Her name is Elizabeth Cotton. She's a woman, a black woman in the, what, 20s, 30s, left-handed, finger-picking blues and calls her music Cotton Picking Music, which is like a... Like a, Holy! Like, yeah. Shit. Yes. Yes. I'm taking that name back fully from you. That's, which feels yes. super punk rock. Yes. Yes. But then sonically.
2: Like Bad Cop, Bad Cop, without that kind of thing, though. I, I don't know.
1: Brian's nodding his head, sort of like he doesn't know who Bad Cop, Bad Cop is. I
2: who's Bad Bi- Cop, Bad Cop? Bad Cop, Bad Cop. Oh, is, that a, is that a cover band of Bad Cop that, that sings about Joe Biden? Uh,
1: Slubs <laughs> are allowed, Aaron. It's okay. No,
4: no, no. no. You, can, no. you can, you can, you <laughs> can help me out here.
1: Bad Cop, Bad Cop Explain is a it. punk rock band made up of women. There's four of them. Okay. They all have ovaries. Um, as, what? as far as we know.
2: <laughs> sure. You could be a woman without ovaries.
1: <laughs> oh, my goodness.
0: My <laughs> wife doesn't have ovaries. She only has We're one. We're
1: getting in the weeds here now. Okay? <laughs> they advertise themselves as... <laughs>
2: advertise... <laughs>
1: <laughs> Damn it, now I'm flubbing even worse. <laughs> Anyways. This is no, usually yeah, when, Aaron, is asks, is usually when Aaron asks. This is usually
2: when Aaron asks. We're going to cut this, okay? We're going to cut right
1: here. <laughs> We're and not so cutting we are. this. And Don't we are not. Okay, so Bad Cop, Bad Cop is a yeah, punk the... rock band okay. uh, made up of four women, right? So, would we have them without cotton-picking... Wait, Elizabeth Cotton. Yes. Cotton Picking Blues. Yes. Would we? I don't know. I don't know either.
4: I'm sure she helped, though. That's them. I just uh, showed him. I looked it up on my Spotify. <laughs> so so I'm, I'm hitting the like. I'm going to listen to this later. Follow. Yeah.
2: Nice, nice. All right. We went way off. And we do need to wrap. All the teachers here.
4: Andrew's doing sign language. <laughs> A- Andrew's ooh, Andrews way in way, way more into reggae than punk. Oh, I He's know. way more into Whoa. The Grateful I Dead. Yeah, like, yeah, just, like, okay. I can tell by looking let's let's at his eyes.
2: <laughs> yeah, let's just I can tell by looking at
4: his more shot eyes. I've oh. never heard him be this quiet, by the way. That's he true. always That's talks true. more than anybody. All right.
1: But <laughs> reggae might as well be punk. I, I mean, <laughs> sure,
2: sure. Okay, but to wrap the conversation, we started talking about education school. We, do, we will post this as teachers are all back in, and it's, ro- it's rolling in whatever way it's going to roll. Let maybe a couple of words for any of our teacher friends out there as they're going back. Schooling versus educating. Does anyone have a profound thought to close with? Not of my own.
0: I don't. I don't have okay. One, I don't have one that specifically addresses that. But if you're an educator,
4: you need to give a shit about your students, a lot. I, mine goes right along with that, and it, and it's a, like a specific thing you might think about doing. And it is not my idea. It's it's a guy named Rob Riden's idea, who is a punk rock educator from way back, and I believe he's called himself. Uh, what was it that he called Emperor himself that one time? Emperor of rigor.
2: Emperor of rigor.
4: Yeah. Um, and, and just like side note rigor is not hard confusing shit it's, it's <laughs> rigor is being relentless about something like, like a punk rock artist might be in trying to figure out how their song goes um, but yes teachers need to care about the kids and we all like when you're a parent you realize one easy way to care about how your kids are is they ask you they say hey dad watch me and they go, and they do something. And they come up to, hey, mom, 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 watch, watch, watch. And they go. So they, they tell you, as a parent, they tell you, watch me. I want you to see me. I want you to notice me. So as a teacher, the, like the maybe the easiest move is like noticing what is going on in front of you. Noticing the children in your class, seeing them, and and, and, and then telling them you saw them. I saw what you did there. And just having that quick conversation will change how they feel about the space and how you feel about being in the space.
3: Who are you that think you can touch me? I am who I am and that's what I want to be so. Shy.
4: I think this is
1: profound but i'm currently at a what you call a continuation school a school where kids that may not make it go make it in what uh well may not graduate i put air quotes. graduates a thing but like what i mean like what like, we like they, they, they,
2: were, they were in danger of not graduating from their comprehensive high school. Thank you, Mike. Yeah. So,
0: like, their, their initial school before this continuation school failed them. Yes. Also, thank you, Jesse.
1: But um, I found that the faculty there gives an overwhelming amount of shits about the students, right? And so the first week here, and the first week is all about community building and it doesn't stop there like we have a very big focus on community building in our school Um, but the point is simply ask the students what they need right I found that this week I've been you know just asking the students what they want in the classroom what makes them feel respected and valued and they'll tell you. And some of the stuff might shock you. Uh, Some of the stuff might surprise you, might not. Um, Some of the stuff shouldn't surprise you, but it will surprise a lot of people. But just ask, right? Those students have a voice and they have things to say. And those things will help you be a better teacher.
2: Dang, he's only been teaching for a minute. That's profound. That was profound. Thank you. Lorario, come on, man. You've never been afraid of the microphone.
6: All right, all right, all right. It's hard, though, man. I got to follow these two guys here. This is, this is tough. This can't be the le- You got to give one of, your, one of your awesome analogies after this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Um, I think as a teacher, all right. Here's something I think that can be helpful. This is a little tip, because I, I don't think I can give these like profound blanket statements about things. But just a quick little tip. I think learning is joyful, and I think you have to remember that always. And I think when you consider that, you become a learner yourself. And I think being engaged as a learner with students, you know, doing something, you get to that, that, that rigor piece where you're relentlessly going after something because... You know, questions have answers. You're not getting kids just to answer questions. Like questions have answers, curiosities get satisfied. So you want to get that, like you want to relentlessly go after something because it feels right and it feels good and it's joyful. So I would just say as a teacher, don't just talk about learning, be a learner. Uh, Be a learner with the kids.
2: This is one we've been kicking around and I'm just want to use it one more time. Uh, Brian and Andrew and I, we, we have a, a nonprofit together and, and a, and a business together that, that helps schools design and redesign and, and, and try their best to do great work for kids and families and communities. And, um, and this dog too. This dog's my dog. Uh, and we, we were working with a school in Oregon, and um, I play this stupid game that's like, it might be the most arrogant thing I do, I don't know, but I, I play this game where I just throw out some illustration when I'm talking, and, and then I figure out how to connect it. And it's, you guys are all looking at me like it's... You always make it work, son. Yeah, it's exciting Imagine. for me. It's an exciting thing to try and, like, work it out. And so this one actually has been kind of resonating a little bit. And I've never even told you guys some of the times I've done it before. <laughs> um, but I, I used the Lady and the tramp a few weeks ago on a project we were doing up in Oregon. And and Brian brought it up to me today actually. We were working and
4: I'm thinking of using it tomorrow. So if people in West Dallas, West Milwaukee are listening, now you know where it comes from. Yeah, there you go. There are a couple. There are a
2: couple that listen. So the, the, the sort of illustration I used was the Lady and the Tramp. And everybody remembers this scene. There's like only, I think, I, don't, I, I would challenge anybody to tell me another scene <laughs> from the movie, other than the one where there's like, right? They're slurping the noodle, right? They're slurping the spaghetti. And it draws them closer and closer. And, and then their eyes meet, I think, right? And then they like kiss. And it's this weird sexualization of dogs, so it's it's pretty weird, dude. Like we're watching these dogs, like you know they're gonna just go like go to Pound Town, like it's they're dogs. Um, but these dogs, these dogs like have this super romantic moment, and I get it, it's personification of dogs, whatever. But these dogs are slurping this noodle, and then their eyes meet. And the moment in the, in the movie is all about the dogs, but I have this thought about like, about the pasta. Like for them to be in it like that, that's gotta be some like good ass pasta, right? They're just like, they're in it with the pasta. And, and they would never be in that position. They would never be in that situation. The, 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 literally the table would never be set for that to happen. If there wasn't some chef in the background that you never see, I
4: don't think you see him, maybe you see a waiter. I watched it. Yeah, he's, he's, he's full on setting the scene. Yeah. The, the Italian chef is there. OK. And you may not remember it because you haven't, but I like went back and watched this video. He's just
0: like really voyeuring these dogs.
4: Well, yeah, no, he's yelling at his assistant to get like, get the pasta with the extra meatball. And the assistant's like, but boss dogs don't order and he's like they were they told they talked to me and he's like real mad and he tells them to bring it up but then he starts playing music for him too he's like sets the scene so
2: that's the thing right like teach like that set the scene set the scene so that you can look out in your classroom and watch everyone slurping noodles about to hump no, I'm just, I mean, no, I'm no. just kidding. No, 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 about to see each <laughs> see other. Each other. Yeah, about, yeah, yeah. I know, I'm yeah. kidding. But create the scene so that the students are doing the things on the tables, on the walls, outside, wherever it is that they're doing it. But also realize that that shit on the table is not sacred. The pasta was never the purpose. The chef worked his ass off for the pasta. The chef worked his ass off learning how to play music, I guess. I forgot about that. But that was not the purpose. All of that was simply so that society could happen. All of it was so that humanity could happen. Right? I know it's dogs, so it's weird. But the moment is the gaze. We're trying to create... A, a situation a scenario in a culture where people like Brian mentioned about Rob Reardon where people notice each other where people really see each other and they see each other with a new understanding and common goodness of like oh damn the world can be really good pasta and they see each other and they're like I just don't hate you anymore I can't possibly hate you because we just ate this pasta together and so now we will go out into the world And we will make more of all of this, right, out there.
0: well that's it for uh that conversation that i was just a little bit out there as far as um uh amount of noise that was going on in the background i know that even at times in the conversation i remember being just couldn't really get something in just because background noise tends to i don't know distract me i think you were tipsy uh that's there's no reason why i wouldn't have been um but anyways uh thanks for listening everyone um Signing off for uh, Mike and Aaron, Jesse here at the Punk Tree. Uh, Take care and be well.